Review. I'm your host, Sarah Stevenson, and this is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hi, guys. And today we're finishing up our Psycho franchise by reviewing the Psycho um, remake movie called, that was done in 1998. Yes. Yes. It's interesting. It follows the 1960 version that Alfred Hitchcock made, the exact script pretty much shot for shot, scene for scene, trying to emulate Alfred Hitchcock's yeah. style mm. of movie making. Yeah. So today we're not going to do what we do usually where we do a um, summarise the plot, you know, thoroughly throughout this this podcast this time around because as Mike points out to you guys already that this is um, word for word, you know, shot by shot remake of oh, that very movie. Version. Meaning yeah. nothing, too much of the stuff that yeah. you may have seen in the original Psycho movie is in this one. Yeah, there's a, there's a few subtle differences and a few things we'll talk about uh, instead of it, going through the whole plot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you want me to go through the producers, directors and stuff? Or yeah, it would be best for I'll us do all. that, right. Okay, this was actually produced and directed by a guy called Gus Van Sant, mm-hmm. uh, and that was uh, done uh, through Universal Pictures. Mm. Uh, now... As we said, it's a remake. They mm-hmm. use the original script mm-hmm. that Joseph Stefano wrote. Uh, what, that's 1960, 70, mm-hmm. Almost 40 years uh, mm-hmm. earlier. So, um, yeah, so they borrowed that and they just contemporised it where they needed to. Because obviously, 40 years, there's a few yeah. changes in technology mm-hmm. and the way mm-hmm. people speak a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they did change the little things and modernise it. But mm-hmm. apart from that... They stayed true to the original screenplay. Yeah, but that's the as that's, that's as far as it goes, guys. Yeah. Now, the rest of the stuff <laughs> we'll point out to you. I'm not going to trash mouth it or anything like no, that. We, we, as I promised to you guys in previous viewings, that we're not going to troll it to death. No, we, we, we try not to. But if there are some weak points in it, we will discuss the weak points. Yeah. We're not going. We're not trying to take down Gus Van Sant or any of the actors. However. Um, we're not the only ones who think it didn't actually measure up. Yeah, a lot of um, directors and other actors probably thought this movie um, was better just as it was many years ago in 1960 yeah. because Al- it had a the black and white board made it a little more, give it character. Atmosphere, atmosphere. Yes. Yeah, yeah. See, Alfred Hitchcock made a classic cult film and, and his style, that was the best movie he ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, not yeah. That's just not... Me saying that, it's been regarded as his best movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Why? Why remake a classic? Mm. We'll discuss that in a few minutes. Yeah, I think a lot of people have asked that same question as you do, Mike. Why spend all that money to try to emulate a god in the industry? Mm, beats me. Part of the noise that bat's car going past him. <laughs> so, was, was it me? Yes, yeah, so... <laughs> Um, I'll start with the costumes, uh, even though it's not really important. Oh, no, no, it's relevant because we're getting, we're getting into production yeah. more so than anything. So uh, let's talk about the nitty-gritty, the yeah, bits and pieces. So I'll talk about the nitty-gritty. We'll not go, as I said before, we won't discuss the plot because the plot, as I said, is the same uh, as the 1961. So you want to know about the plot? Go and look at that. Okay. Yes, exactly. So anyway, um, the costuming... It's a very confusing process in this one. Yeah, this movie was supposed to be a contemporary version of the story set in 1998. Mm-hmm. No one told the costuming 
costumery person, wardrobe, whatever you want to call them. Uh, mm. that, and she she yeah, thought it was going to be a period type movie. Back to the 1960s. Hmm. So it's not overly noticeable, but, but you do notice a couple yeah. of clothing styles yeah. which may not suit in some instances there, and that's because they got crossed wires on what they had to wear. Yeah. Um, the only person that most likely wore something modern was Lila Crane, who was played by, um, what was her name? Uh, um, gee, what's her name? Julia... Uh, uh, Ju- Julianne Moore. Yeah, Julianne yeah. Moore. Mm. You may have noted her in a um, uh, either one of the Silence of the Lambs um, movies. I think it was. Was she a sheep? Was she? No, she played with the detective. Oh, in the second movie. Yes. That's right. See, right? Because uh, what's McCall? Jodie Foster played the first one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah so anyway, um, she wore a con- uh, contemporary clothing. Yeah, pair of jeans, top, and yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. she wore those usual headphones and Yeah, well, she had a Walkman, Walkman on. Yeah, I think used to use them. Yeah, those days which brought it to mm. the twenty-first or twentieth yeah. century. Yeah. Sort of thing. Exactly. But Unlike she, she, she could have been walking down the street today and she'd fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, there was some other stuff there that, like the cars, that pretty much told us we are living in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, late, mid to late 1990s, so yeah, whoopee. Whoopee. (laughs) Yeah, except for, um, apart from Lila Crane, who was wearing wearing modern clothing, the rest of the cast wore a lot of um, old period type clothing well, here yeah. and there if, if, like, it's, it's, so, it's, it's really hard to put, pick period because I mean, guys clothes a guy's clothes do not change that much mm-hmm. now a guy in the 1960s would wear say a pair of jeans and a t-shirt mm-hmm. you're going to have a person today same sort of age mm-hmm. wearing a pair of jeans and a t-shirt you couldn't pick the difference yeah that's another thing yeah, the, um, uh, um, the detective what's his name um what, um, the actor's name? No, his, his character's name. Uh, Obergast. Obergast. He wore just an ordinary, uh, one of those fedora suit. hats, which just we don't, hat. we just haven't worn in like thousands of years. Well, yeah, no, but the point is you yeah. don't wear them. Yeah, but <laughs> modern detectives, did you guys watch NYPD Blue or... No, no, or wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, he's not that sort of detective. Or any of the other detectives. Yeah, no, they would wear something... Um, Something nice, but they don't wear yeah. a hat. Yeah, wait, wait. Like Those that detectives work anymore. for a police station. He's independent policeman. Yeah, I think the de- detective. He doesn't yeah. work for the police. I know that, but but that's his own. When was style. the last time have you seen a, a detective in the nineties that wore a hat like that? Well, I'll yeah. ask you that. The audience, but, have well, you seen a, a detective in a detective show uh, or movie <laughs> who was um, a private detective who wore a hat like that? Well. We'll have to have a look at it, but I don't know what don't they wear so. over there in America. Uh, mm, uh, we're in Australia. I think that so. they off most policemen, most private detectives, they would wear something that's comfortable for them. A beanie. Well, something that makes <laughs> them look like not like a policeman is what I'm saying. Well, like I said, he would, he, he doesn't, he's not a policeman. He's an independent, a private inquiry agent. Mm-hmm. He's like in um, Witch Hunt, that guy. Yeah, well, that's well, he's the, a private investigator uh, yeah, who does not well, work for the police. And again, yeah, yeah. that was mm. a period-type movie. Anyway, and this is not let's a period-based movie. Yeah. He got a crappy hat. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, so th- let me see. see. Mm. There was also, a, at the beginning of this, uh, the opening bit, they did a, sh- 
a pan shot of the um of the um city line. And originally, they, um, Hitchcock couldn't do that in his movie, but somehow they were able to go back and do that shot by shot look that Hitchcock yeah, can couldn't I, can do. I just go back a bit before that. Right when they actually did the opening credits on this movie. Did you find it was running really, really fast? And when they're going through it, like you hardly read it? Yeah, I f- feel that way. I mean, yeah, they go whack, 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 whack. Whack, whack. Uh, and yeah, I mean, hello, you're supposed to, re- you're not doing a speed reading course here, folks. Yeah. You're supposed to read them comfortably. Yeah. Uh, you, if you blink, you'll miss them. So yeah, I think the, that the mm. speed of them changing was a little bit mm. too fast. Agree. Yeah. And then they rolled into this uh, pan shot that Sarah was talking about coming into the motel and stuff. Yeah, and Which, this time yeah. we do get a, um, a, sh- a proper shot of um, going inside the hotel instead of like that we had to shoot it fr- from two different scenes like shot. Like we see the the landscape of the city and then we fa- we cut to um, a building that turns out to be a set, you know, made up for, for, oh, the, um, for the movie. There you go, so folks. So it's quite different. And this time, we do see a little bit of a sex scene between Marion Crane oh. and her boyfriend, They Sam. weren't doing the hor- horizontal mumbo or anything, but... But it looked close enough to... They were laying the down. Were they laying down together or something? Yeah, lying yeah, down, But the know. other one, she was actually standing up next to the bed, wasn't she? Yeah. 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 Now, but here's something where it gets in well, the... Well, actually, we do see him naked. <laughs> oh, we, get, we see a bum shot of Viggo Mortensen. Didn't get my juices flowing, honestly. <laughs> well, um, anyway, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I do think that the lady who plays Marion Crane in this is, she's not eye candy. Not the me. same way as um, Vivian Lee was yeah. in the original movie. I mean, yeah. she was pretty, and no doubt everyone loves loved her, even <laughs> when she was doing... Um, the good girl movies before she did the horror film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Anne Hex is a very nice lady. Don't get me wrong. It's probably a very fine actress. Well, I've, I've seen her in what, um, Volcano and some other movies. She's a good actress. Don't get me yeah, wrong. She's but good. See, I don't think she's the right person yeah. for this movie. Because as you, the end, as we heard about in the ending of the movie, in both, both these movies, both the, the original that was in the 1960s and this remake, they both said that that Norman was really touched by, you know, by Miss Crane because she's gorgeous and she, he wanted her. And well, so I can't see him really pulling his chain for this woman. Uh, I'm not going to say that. It's just that I, she didn't look all around she's pretty. a very attractive lady and a very she's nice body and she was very tastefully dressed and had a nice personality but yes. she didn't suit the role it's sort of like mm. he's somebody who's totally out, out, out of left field who, uh, I can't think of anyway, no, anything else. I'm going to speak <coughs> excuse me folks mm, yeah so uh, anyway I don't I don't mm, s- I just don't mm. see her in this I mean now, anyway let's, let's, let, let's stop bagging Anne Heck Know what I mean? Well, it's just that she wasn't. How can she portray, you know, eye candy if she's not? Yeah. If not, if the audience doesn't feel it. Yeah. Th- yeah. Anyway, let's move <laughs> on from Paul and Heck. Okay? Yes. Hecky, order it. How, how you pronounce the name? Okay, so let's move on. How about Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates? Yes, he's an interesting fellow. That now, even the critics have bagged him saying he didn't suit 
the role. Yeah, and I that's mean, like he, again, another good actor. Don't get me wrong, but he yeah. didn't suit the normal. He, he he had big shoes to fill. Anthony Perkins created a personality mm. which stuck in everybody's mind. Uh, now, who's the guy who did the uh, in the beginning? That um, oh, you mean Henry Thompson? Henry, Henry, yeah, Henry, Henry was, Thomas. Now he yeah. could have been a good person in the scene. Yeah, well, he was considered, but um, he may have not re- wanted not to back. come back. But somebody for like it. that, somebody who got that haunted look down. Um, mm. Yeah, a Freddie Highmore type, where mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he, he did the TV series. Mm. You need somebody who looks innocent, mm. but ha- have a haunted look about them. Mm. Yeah. And that's what Perkins had. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vince Vaughn didn't display that in his um, characterisation of this um, Norman Bates person. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And another thing I should tell you guys, when they were doing this film project, um, the um, director, what's his name? Ah, Gus Van Sant. He, Gus brought a, a long uh, DVD player and played the original Psycho 1961, and they used this for ref- references. Oh, okay, when, I didn't know that. when he spotted a mistake, a door opening without, um, you know, a key, Vince, you know, Gus would go back and decide to put the same mistake into the film. Yeah, so you, then that's that gets back to a thing which annoys me a little bit. And now uh, this uh, movie that Gus put together mm. was pretty much a shot by shot remake of the previous movie. Mm. One has to step back and ask a question: Why? Why? Mm. I mean, the other good, the other movie was really, really good. Now, if he's going to redo it, yeah. Use the same script as a basis, uh, rearrange a little bit, mm. make it a bit more interesting, contemporise a bit more, put his own feel into it. Mm. Because he is trying to copy Alfred Hitchcock, mm. and he's not Alfred Hitchcock. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, sorry about that. It might be an experiment in filmmaking. Mm. Uh, I think, personally, I think it was a waste yeah. of time and money. Another thing about yeah. this movie, it was shot in under six weeks uh, just like um the psych th- the original psycho yeah. was filmed in under six weeks well, yeah but if you can do it you can do it yeah you can do it if you if you have the time and you have the patience and, and you, you have, have the money the money <laughs> um, and 60 million dollars a lot of money for this project i i can't see the value yeah, so it kind yeah. of made that much money, and the box office, pro- you know, I only made thirty-seven million, so we went backwards. He took a bit of a bath on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so even though this was um, a test movie, well, I said, it's been said it was an experiment, a rather a costly experiment. And again, I cannot see where sixty million dollars mm-hmm. was spent. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless I had one hell of a party and said everybody on a holiday together, you know, to the moon. Um, yeah, but well, the, it is the, a lot I of money. C- Apart from building the set around the original um, Bates Motel, it was originally it's on the original plot where they did Psycho in the original movie. They had to build a new, you know, set the um, house. Right on the same spot. You could build that facade of the house for a couple hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> and the and and the motel rooms. You, know, you don't see the inside. They don't even facades. That's only about a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe. Yes. <laughs> Where's the sixty million? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you did tell me before yeah. um, a while know. back that that didn't doesn't the um, hotel. We watched it just um, two days ago, and he remarked 
dad Mike remarked um, how much it looked familiar to 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 him. I'm not quite sure whether it's the same one because um, one you can make a motel look like another motel. They're all the same. They're little boxes in a row, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it looked like it could have been the same motel. So they, they, would, they may not have even rebuilt it. They just mm -hmm. might have borrowed it. I can't. Remember. I don't know. I'd have to watch uh, probably what the last Psycho movie because mm -hmm. they might have used the same set or something. Right? I don't yeah. know. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, who knows? Yeah. yeah. According to the um, Universal Studio guys, they weren't less impressed with this movie and I imagine they probably put the trailer out and they thought well let's just make it a heavy loss by distributing yeah. it see they might have picked up a few dollars when they went into home distribution like your DVDs and your Netflix there and that sort of stuff and TV syndication yeah. they might have picked up a few dollars yeah. there was a yeah, few scenes know. that didn't make sense to me in that like there's a scene where um, in flashbacks where with Abagast he when he gets killed by yeah. Mrs. Bates. Yeah, he's falling, fall, um, falling backwards. There down were two the shots yeah. there that didn't make sense. There was a woman in wearing one of those night. No, uh, not a nighty or night shirt. Uh, night yeah. shirt. Yeah. And but another shot that looks very pixelated that looks like stock footage that of a cow or a goat. Yeah, no point. It's supposed to be. I gather they're trying to say well. Uh, he, he's, his past was flashing before his eyes. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen flashbacks in movies. Yeah, like Saw. make any sense. Like in yeah. Saw, they, they often have flashbacks in movies, and they usually, if it's person is dying really fast, you see those flashbacks really thick, thicker really fast in front of exactly. your face. And but so how can it this be, how can these flashbacks be of a woman we don't even know the identity of and a cow? Moo? It still doesn't. I mean, okay, we don't well, know Arbogast's past. Was he a farmer? Did he came from yeah. a farmish family? So Did it, he? It, was it, that his wife in <laughs> in in his bed or he, his lover? He, but and a lot of questions. Nobody but else no had answer. flashbacks in this movie yeah. or any of the other psycho movies. So why put the that, that couple of seconds flashbacks? Yeah, I mean, um, if this seeing as this movie was word for word, there was no background into. Um, either the detective or the other characters' yeah. lives because it was well, not... Well, there, was there wasn't any. Well, it wasn't required. I mean, the storyline in the original movie and um, this remake was really centred around Marion Crane character and uh, Norman mm -hmm. Bates' character. Mm -hmm. The rest of them were people just running around either side of them and filling in the gaps yeah. of the story. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, anyway, um, another thing about this movie um, that I find is a bit of a pain in the ear because it does give me a is headache. Is the right part of the anatomy? Is the um, mm. music and the audio. No, no, we don't. Or no, that's the copy we listened to. Um, we since found out the... Uh, actually, actually, I will explain what Sarah was going to go on about. We did not have... Hack access to a DVD, so we had a, a copy given to us to review. Mm -hmm. uh, the copy had a really bad soundtrack, it had, like it was, there was noise in the background, um, it, the, some of the background music was mm -hmm. too loud, was drowning out the vocals, but we've since been given another copy and that problem isn't on there, so if anybody mm. can't get a copy of this yeah. to watch, yeah, by, yeah, by buying well, a copy of it, mm. and you do download a copy, mm. there are some dodgy copies out there. Yeah, I just mean mm. that the um, Psycho theme music, you know the bit where Mary <coughs> Crane gets 
Yeah, that, 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 that streaky the violin noise you, they use. You hear that, like, in so much of the story. They use it too many times. Yeah, and yeah. even the most boring bits, like Marion Cran just sing, um, dividing an idea of how she's going to make up the extra money she lost, or a scene where uh, Begast is just walking up to the house, you just hear the dance, 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 before even the excitement even begins. Yeah, just little things like that, and you go, mm, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, it doesn't build suspense. It doesn't. That, that's sort of like. When something is happening, yeah, it's sort of yeah, the music is sort of telling you a story, you know. Yeah, and, like, that, and it and told the wrong story. Yeah, it just yeah. kept saying there's something going to happen shortly, even though we know there's nothing happening in this very scene. Yeah, we but just, anyway, anyway, it's a, a bit of a problem. Yeah, um, that that could have been um, intentional, could have been an oversight. It was an Don't oversight. know. Yeah, or maybe they just didn't have enough. Unless they didn't bother to add any other composer music. They could have added more composer music. If, well, if the second and third and fourth movie can put together composer music, why can't these guys do too? Yeah, especially they had a big budget. Yeah, they even yeah. did a remix of one of the mm. um, songs, the mu- music in this at, for the credits, which was a bit of a guitar playing sort of... Yeah, yeah. I, I actually honestly didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but... Yeah, yeah, it just didn't yeah. fit in there. It, was that Rob Zombie? I think something. it was something. Yeah, yeah. I, I like White Zombie and Rob Zombie, but yeah, that bit didn't actually fit at the end of the movie, I don't yeah, think. That's personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't... It just, it, I feel like this needs something to fill the... Um, the um, the feeling in move in the um, scenes. It does. I mean, by take, putting too much of that psycho theme throughout the movie, it's it's taking away the suspense or yeah, the excitement it, of it. Yeah, you, you don't want anything like Ding Dong the Witch is Dead or the Teddy Bear's Pitney, but you don't want that either. You want <laughs> something that suits the mood, the atmosphere yeah. of the movie. So it yeah. didn't fit to me. Yeah, I know that this yeah. movie has its disappointments, but it might be a mm. useful tool to all you independent filmmakers out there who may be looking at what you should or should not do in filmmaking. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good tool that way. Be careful of your soundtrack, your banging soundtracks and mm. whatever, you yeah, know, ambient an, noises. And yeah, and keep an eye out what kind of music you want to make the scene yeah. in this movie it's always good I mean any movie you make I mean, but, I mean yeah, if you're going to do it you'd, and especially you up and coming ones that have a big budget there's a lot of public domain type mu- music out there you can uh, use possibly yeah. just trying to find something good just be yeah. very aware of how you want to set this, the mood yeah. it's always good music's really good I mean a lot of the early 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 movies didn't have as a, a lot of music in them they just relied on the dialogue and people talking and that sort of stuff and traffic noises and birds and that yeah, sort of stuff. But that's th- another thing in this yeah. movie. They kind of, um, or is it this movie or or, or is it in, in the other one too? I No, I, d- I said the copy we listened to had a bad soundtrack. Yeah. I haven't had a good listen to the other one I've been given. Mm-hmm. I'm just presuming that the backing soundtrack, there must have been a dual layer audio and whoever gave us a copy of it, that second layer of all the background noise was too loud or something. I don't know. They'd leave mm-hmm. the birds alone. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was a bit loud. Is why yeah, some bit, but that's a copy we watched, yeah. Yeah, and, oh, and I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean... Yeah, but, yeah, be careful. There are some dodgy copies out there. If you can't buy one, you have to download. Yeah, if you can't find um, a good copy yeah. on the first download, try another download. Yeah, yeah even yeah. though this has been... I mean, I'll probably will recommend you guys to check this movie out. If if you don't believe me about it, it being um, not worth 
my man, no. worth my money. I'm betting you guys watch it, but but I, I would recommend you guys to check it out and put your own thoughts Look, on some it. Some people think it's a good movie. Mm, okay, true. so but comparing it to the original, um, there's no comparison. That's yeah. a long, that's a one. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. It's if you didn't see the 1960s version of the movie, yeah. it wouldn't matter. But we yeah. did know. The we know and love the original movie, yeah. And this one here doesn't. I just thought the shower scene was a little disappointing, a little bit because, um, well, we it's shot by shot, obviously, but when we when we get to the part where we see this lady coming into the shower scene, um, there was a moment when when Maureen Crane didn't even say scream when the when the when the curtain was flung out it was like there was a few seconds that didn't she didn't scream oh, yeah no scream like Eek, who like, are you yeah i'm like, bringing the towel for you madam no, yeah, like nothing. um in no. the uh, janet lee one she she's when the curtain was flung away she turned and screamed her lungs out as loud as as she could <laughs> well that sort of said the mood didn't it yeah and then the knife bit obviously and all that stuff it looked pretty good. It just screamed a lot more. And then you had the violin bit going. <laughs> and it was really good. Mm-hmm. Just like the Jaws music. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you say something about that you noticed her eye in the shot? Oh, yeah. Uh, in in when this she one was here. Um, dying? When she was. When she'd collapsed on the floor, leaning out, leaning out, out of, over the bath, when the camera went straight into the face, close up, her eye moved. Mm. You could have done a retake, guys. Hello. Or at least do a still frame. It's still no. Well, they're doing a, they weren't they doing a pan out or something or yeah. at the time you couldn't do a still frame as easy. But her mm-hmm. eye moved. Mm-hmm. Um, Alfred Hitchcock had to deal with this too. Yeah, true. Yeah, and I think he had a bit of a problem with flickering eye and a bit of this, and he had a bit of a cut here and a cut there and whatever. Yeah. Hey, cutting room floor, folks. Those couple of seconds. Mm. Yeah, Right. One or two seconds, that's what, 30 frames maybe, mm-hmm. 40 frames, on the floor, wouldn't see the eye move. Yeah, I mean, I've seen those other Psycho movies, and while this may be a tribute movie to Hitch- Alfred Hitchcock, the other ones seem to be my... It wasn't a tribute. It wasn't a tribute. It was made as an experimental film. I know, I know. I just meant that the other f- <laughs> ones that came after, like the second, the third, and the fourth one, they had more suspense and more... Yeah. Um, you know, excitement they in the project. It, they, they added to the um, story. Yeah. Yeah, they added something to it. Yeah, exactly. Even, even those the two and three. Uh, yeah, they could have um, used them mm. as another benchmark to get them to get make, put some excitement back into the um, into the story a little bit. If you wanted to make the scene a little bit more less frame by frame, why don't you just try adding some other s- shots? Or adding some similar shots to from the other movies yeah. to make I, it more suspenseful. I would have done. I would have done a remake and re uh, and rewritten a rewrote a rewrite of the uh, screenplay, uh, following the same story but mm. changing it a little bit to make it a new product instead of trying to copy an yeah. old one. I also yeah, found out, yeah. Gus, when he was questioned yeah. to why he made this remake, you know what he said? That he wanted to be the first to do this. Well... What does um, that tell you? Uh, I, well, I actually could tell me two things. <laughs> that he may have be, he may have been worried that other people would t- take his idea and run off with it, or he was just 
well, he just wanted to be the first one to do the remake before anyone else Well, anyway, um, I don't know. The critics didn't like it. No, they and didn't. And they bagged him. They knocked Dan Heck for her and portrayal they, of Marion Crane. And they gave this movie so yeah. many ras, um, yeah, raspberry, raspberry yeah, um, yeah. awards that say worst actor, worst... W- worst actress and worst, worst this. I mean, yeah, I mean it, it'd be very disheartening for... Uh, How can you get worst... Um, Filmmaker out, you know, I never well, see yeah. in any film festivals out there that say worst director or worst filmmaker. Well, yeah, well, someone's got to take responsibility for it. I know, but <laughs> I d- I've, I've been going to a lot of film festivals um, in, in the past two years, and they never say be- worst director, worst actor, or worst anything. No, because you're going to the nice ones. You're looking like the ones who pick the the crap out of the movies and they are doing the the op- opposite end of the market. They're yeah. looking at this is a crappy movie, let's bag it. We voted this one, the worst actress, the worst director, worst whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and they'll, they'll vote on the negatives. Mm-hmm. And then you're not putting your stuff into yes. that sort of environment. Yeah. So after yeah. this... Failure film. Um, in year two thousand and three, they the produce the productions decided to make a TV series of, you know, the Bates Motel, which had a little bit of more beef to the cat that? stories. Who did that? The uh, um, Universal see. or? Um, it was actually I wasn't sure, but there were so many production companies working on it. Uh, you got too many notes. I can't remember. But yeah, yeah but that's so not pretty high more, is it? Yeah. So so yeah. it stays. Mm. It's it stars um Freddie um. Highmore, and he has been he starred previously in Finding Neverland and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory alongside Johnny Depp in both movies. I mean, Adley. Yes, um, yeah, he played um, Charlie Bucket in that in that well, in Tim Burton's version. Let's take that, take a moment out. Look at a Freddie Highmore mm. and that guy that we mentioned before who did the uh, Psycho Four movie mm. now. These guys can carry off that nice boy role. The nice boy role, but throw some sinister in it or mm-hmm. some weird stuff, Agreed. and that's what this movie lacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, the guy yeah. um, naturally—you can tell right away when you see him, you know, in the pre- in the picture. He laughs rather, you know, like he's hiding something. Even though in the movie he's supposed to be either calm, he may have stuttered a bit, but that's part of his character's oh, nature. Perkins. Yeah, well, you know, like where he, sa- yeah, he yeah, stumbles yeah. over a word or two. Yeah, he did, um, actually. Uh, here I'm and there. And, yeah, that's here, his own personality was coming out in the role. Yeah, and yeah. unlike um, Anthony, um, this guy, Vincent, he kind of he kind of laughed um, uncontrollably. You know what they often say? In a, n- a nervous laugh nervous, or something, yeah. A lot of people often say n- people who nervous laugh, they may be hiding something or something. Hey, we're not laughing. We must not be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Well. Anyway, that's that's what I've heard in psychiatry. No, at least. I don't think a nervous laugh when you yeah, <laughs> if all if all this all fails, laugh, <laughs> and it, it releases the pressure. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people often say, um, "Well, I think I." Or if you forget your lines. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> yeah. I got yeah, the I, I got this <laughs> information <laughs> from when I was watching that movie Joker. Yeah, that's. And oh, that's a new a one with uh, Joker Phoenix. Yeah, Joker I did. Phoenix. Oh, and incidentally, yeah. I should mention, um, um, Mr. Phoenix. He was offered also offered the role to play in this um, Psycho remake. Well, he would have been right age. 
Mm-hmm. Thought we broke that twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, Maybe. that's a thought. He, no, he, so he's, he's another guy who might have been able to pull off because he he's been in some strange things. He was in um, artificial intelligence. He played a robot, like a, a, one of those robot guys. So he played those sort of character roles. So a guy like who can do a character role might have been better suited for this. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. I've heard. I also heard that Christian Bell was offered the role too, and oh, okay, didn't know that. Yeah. Mm. And another other actors, I'm I'm not sure would pull it off really, to be honest, because I've seen Christian Bell and he's a nice guy, but I don't think he has he that. that he doesn't look. have that. I have a horrible secret, and I'm a bo- the boy next door type that yeah, you don't you, that you, you, you know. You need that sort of mystery. Although I did see Christian Bell in a, mm. another American Psycho, I think it was. Yeah, there was a, oh, I don't know, there was a TV series called that, so he was that, he might have been it, yeah. He was in the movie of it. The point, yeah, the, the point is that, yeah, character actors can work better than these sort of things, and mm. I don't think Vince Vaughn was well through this also, mm-hmm. but I know, I mean, we seem to be dragging on about Vince yes. and Nan Hack and stuff, but yeah, yeah. We, are, we are talking about the production stuff, yeah, so. Yeah, true, true. So, not, so, not really bagging them, sorry guys if it sounds like that, but yeah. we are picking them apart a bit because it's, that, that's how it's just come over. Yeah, if I could think of anything that's positive about this movie, I would probably say um, it's great. Look, again... Oh, excuse me. If... Just if minute, I nearly had a cold there. Yeah, if you hadn't seen the first, the original movie, this is not a bad movie, mm. okay? But if you're comparing it to the original, it does, it does fall short. Yeah, I mean... That's what I'm trying to say. It has... It's got a lot of lacking bits in it yeah, compared to it, the original. Oh, another mm. interesting mm. thing about it is, you know the lady who plays Marion Crane in this remake? Yes. She never even seen the movie Psycho, so she never even... So, well, yeah, see, it would have been good if the people sit down there and actually have a, a viewing a or fi- two. A bit of a, yeah. a, a, pi- a group, an interesting picture of how to portray the character if for in their own way. Yeah. Even though the whole point of um, acting is to... Try to put your own personality into the role. Well, getting on to that, that's where I think a couple of things might have um, affected the uh, screenplay mm. Uh, mm. too much. They, I read somewhere that Vince Vaughn and I think uh, Julianne Moore were allowed to interpret the role and character the way they saw it. Not so much. Oh, they didn't. See. They didn't rely on the director. Oh, see. So see, see, see. Julianne Moore is playing um, Mary, uh, Mary Crane's sister. She became over a bit more forceful and assertive in this movie. Lila. Lila, yeah, Lila Crane. Uh, and Vince gave his idea of what Norman Bates should be like, mm. and that's possibly why they didn't work. Yeah. They didn't really understand Norman Bates. So, yeah. Mm. yeah I don't know. It's, 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 uh, that's, it was up that's to me if I was, if I yeah. ever did do a, a movie, uh, I'm not saying I will, but if I did, I would probably go back to the original book to get research. Yeah, exactly right. A lot more. I mean, that's what. Go, go back to the roots, find out where, where it was based on, and see maybe if you even, can improve on it. And maybe even look up Ed yeah. Gein, you know, his. Yeah, the his original guy. Original story. Yeah. So it would be always good to go to. Yeah, Ed Gein. Ed Gein, guys, read up on Ed Gein. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this stuff will be really good storytelling for you to read. Yeah, Ed, Ed, Ed Gein was the, um, his um, strange uh, <coughs> behaviour was the uh, 
source of many movies, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Psycho, mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and what well, there's some other ones, wasn't um, there? Silence on the Lambs, um, Lam- uh, Buffalo yeah. Bill, if you get Yeah, Buffalo Bill, Bill and Silence on So, yeah, they, they, his character, uh, he's really weird. A real weird guy out of reality, not out of fiction. And this is where, it, that's why these sort of stories come to life so good if you do it well mm-hmm. because it, it is taken out of reality yeah incidentally mm. i found out when i was looking up ed Gein not too long ago i found out that when he's uh, he was getting gone to into into incarcerated for his crimes did he go to a nut house or in a jail uh, i don't know if he goes to a jail or just a nut house maybe but yeah, maybe he yeah. did he, i would have been a nut house yeah anyway according to um research they they said that um, some arsonists um, kind of set fire to his home and his house. Well, he wasn't using it. Mm-hmm. But he heard <laughs> about it and he ch- he kind of chuck- you know, chuckled and says, no matter. <laughs> well, he's, he's crazy, that's why. Yeah, lost it. <laughs> yes. yes, did you realise when, when, they, when they arrested Edgy and took away, they actually sold off some of the gear he had there? Really? Wow. Well... They had a, they had an auction and they just sold stuff, yeah. You know, hmm. I don't know why it wasn't theirs to sell, mm. but um, yeah, I mean it's kind of um, yeah. once the, the um, he's arrested, it's probably um, well, evidence. Well, no, after the evidence bit, after yeah. he was in jail, after the court case, because I was watching Ghost Adventures, uh, not Ghost Adventures. There was a spin-off of it, and um, a big cooking pot like a cauldron type thing, mm. but the, which is used in the old you know, stories. Was actually from Ed Gein's farmhouse. That's supposed to be haunted somehow, rather, you know, haunted. spirits attached to it, yeah, that sort of stuff. And somebody's actually bought it, and that's been in their house. That's been giving me a lot of bad luck. I don't believe in that sort of stuff, but they, yeah, they actually bought it from Ed Gein's property. Wow, that's an interesting. So yeah, all the parents did, or somebody did. Yeah, oh, who knows. So yeah, so they sold off. They sold off his gear. Mm, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Sha, how we should we rate this remake? Oh, look. Mm, I mean, fine. I don't want to sound like a troll. Me okay. Neither. Now, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm in grading it. I'm gonna try to forget the 1960s version. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna grade it purely on mm-hmm. the efforts of the director and the actors and the suitability of the actors. And I'd say the directorship wasn't too bad. But he had a few things he didn't handle properly. The actors weren't suited, but they gave it the best shot. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to take anything away from Man Hag or Vince Vaughn or anything. Mm-hmm. But I can't give it over, say, seven yeah. as, as, a whole, as a production. I'd probably give it um, six and a half yeah. out of ten. Look, it's still a good watch. If you haven't seen the original or you want to compare it, please watch it. Um, mm-hmm. If you can get a good copy from the shops, get mm-hmm. a copy. If you do download a torrent or something like that, which like that's usually your last resort. Um, but, mm-hmm. but like, be mindful. There's a couple of spurious ones yeah. out there which have a bad soundtrack where the audio is all over the place. Yeah. So just so you guys yeah. know, um, don't um, keep this keep an open mind about this film. If you if I don't didn't really give you a good review on it, you know, in case if I we we both don't really completely appreciate it if um and even if i have never seen um this 1960s version of psycho i don't think i would still give this movie a a high no. my a higher it, review it, it, it likes the suspense the first movie had there's just something about it yeah. the magic that's missing 
Yeah, like in most, you know, in those other ones I told you guys about, um, they know how to jump to the scare, a lot of jumps. Yeah, jump scares and whatever, but it just, it, but the suspense build up. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what Alfred Hitchcock could do. Yeah, I mean, they they yeah, learned a thing or two well. from Alfred, you know, in those sequels, didn't they? Oh yeah, no, the the, the guys who did the uh, Psycho two and three and four, mm. uh, yeah, they sort of captured the spirit of Hitchcock. Yeah, they did. Um, in this case, I think Hitchcock's spirit's rolling over his grave. Mm, I think he was after <laughs> watching the remake. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. All... I'm, I'm sorry for Gus Van Sant. I mm. mean, that was a lot of money to be put on an experimental film. Um, yeah, I mean, sorry, you think but, that yeah. if it's an experimental, that they didn't decide but, to distribute but it. But still, afterwards. sixty million dollars to do this. I can't see the value in it. Mm. Unless they, I, I think it's far better movies, mm. a good end result made on less money. Yeah, I don't um, know where the money's going to. Yeah, another mm. thing, I I keep wondering to myself, if they made this some movie, did they kind of um, televised it about th- them doing it before, you know, you know beforehand, you know, so that they can go watch it at the cinemas and stuff and and all that stuff. I'd say did it get? It, it well, obviously went to the cinemas, but yeah. Who wants to go and spend good money to watch a remake yeah. of another movie? Another thing is, yeah. did they do the um? Did they? I know that in a lot of trailers, some of them are pretty good, some of them are pretty lame because people, um, who develop them, edit, edit them wise, um, they keep putting too much of too much of the story in them. Like you know, already ahead of uh, what's going on, but you just yeah. Well, there's another point. If you've seen the original movie, you know the story. Oh, true. And I've always seen them. Oh, I've seen a better one. Yeah, I'm not going to go. Yeah. I'm not going to go to the pictures. No, yeah, I'm not going to go to the yeah, theatre. Th- no. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm lucky yeah. that when they did the Bates Motel TV show, when they did the fifth season, which led up to Marin Crane getting killed, that they did a twist on it that made it different from um, the original okay. Psycho, of 1961. I'm not going to tell okay. you the twists because they're too good to you know <laughs> to, for me to explain to you. Well, there you go then. I mean, Mike, he doesn't like how the series goes so really, really but slow. Like five seasons to drag out something which could have been done in one season. I'm sorry, they've. Um, I watched. Did I watch the whole first season? Um, we saw half of it. And it was boring. It was just dragging too much. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to build up the characters too much. They spent too much. There's nothing happening. Once upon a time, there was the mother and the son who went and went to a motel. They bought a motel. They bought, bought a motel or build or something, whatever. And not a lot was really happening for the mm. first. And there, there were so many side stories were being thrown in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like how many girlfriends yeah. he may have had, Norman yeah. Bates was. You also hit on him and stuff. And he yeah. was... Yeah. He, he he was trying to assimilate, and then he wasn't. Um, yeah. Another There's time, so many, too many side stories. Yeah, by the fourth season, yeah. he finally snapped, or not really snapped, just um, he's finally has lost it, and yeah. he starts living the fantasy. Yeah, again, I'm not knocking the actors. I'm, just, I'm, I'm knocking the guys who actually produced the TV show. Mm. Um, come on, you could have made it a bit shorter and made it more interesting. Yeah, but anyway, I did. We're not, we're not doing the TV series. I now, know, are but we? I did enjoy the fact that. They did bring in um, a little bit more, a bit more about um, um, Norman Bates's um, backstory a little bit. Like, um, what kind of relationship was his father like? Um, what kind of did he have any other siblings? Um, as it turns out, he had an older brother, didn't he? 
Well, yeah, I was trying to figure out, my head, get my head around that, and Sarah <laughs> told me that um, Norma Bates, Mummy Dearest, was raped by her brother, and he was the uh, her her father, her, her firstborn, mm-hmm. a, a, a father or a brother, a uh, brother, a brother, yeah. Although I think that according to um, ba- Norma, she says that both her father and her brother have both sexually assaulted her. Okay, so, so well, one of them. Yeah, I think both. Anyway, and, that, and that's and that's um, here's a side story, and that's mm. a, and then some of the stories actually in the episode, that first season were more about him than Norman, and going well. Yeah, and it seems hello. that Norman. Yeah. I mean, Norman c- continues to protect um, Norman throughout the sm- the TV series. And then we find it later and on. Then what we re- fi- reason why he actually killed his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and he kept having flashes, like you know what we. Like the Anthony Perkins, um, Norman, um, he um, he keeps blacking out. Like he takes on two different personalities, things like that. Yeah, so it looks like you know, in the TV series I'm trying to make out, he always had this disassociation problem. Uh, or so I'm going to have a blackout and do something naughty, and I'm going to come back and I won't remember it. Yeah, yet. like he goes to sleep yeah. or it takes a nap, and then another personality takes over. And in this one, he does says say. When he's Norma, that that Norman is sleeping, meaning that part that was Norman has been uh, is in hi- is sleeping in while yeah. is Interesting. while his mother is taking over a little bit. Well, mummy gets a lot of bed rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I guess that could be roughly it for us. Yeah, I think it's better. Um, I'm yeah, sorry we, we, that yeah. this couldn't be a better. No, um, but the point. Movie. Not every movie we're mm. going to review is going to be a nine or a tenner. Mm. Um, well, I did think about doing some really, really, really bad movies, but then, we, but then again, if we do those. I'm not going to be much, much, much better than being a troll because mm-hmm. they're going to rip them apart. I don't want to go that way. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. I mean, whenever I see other people's. Um, well, not knocking other people's f- opinions, but I just don't like it when they, people rip into a movie, any kind of movie out there that maybe turn out yeah. to be good, and yeah. then and then this prevents other people from watching it. Yeah, I mean, there are some crappy movies out there which I don't like, okay? But they're cult movies. People mm-hmm. like them. Like, um, take A Race Ahead. I, I've watched A Race Ahead several times over the years, I still can't get my head around it. I don't like the movie, but a lot of people do like it. So David Lynch has made a movie which has appealed to a certain percentage of the population, but not everyone's going to like it. Hmm. And that accounts for just about every movie is going to be made. And then he made some other movies after that. He made that. some really good movies after that, yeah, I mean, which are, which are, oh, crikey, Elephant Man, um, was it Mulholland Drive? Mm-hmm. And some, he made some really fine yeah, movies. Yeah, and um, look at... the first movie I just can't yeah, get around. Yeah, and look at um, um, George uh, Romero. Uh, Romero, yeah. He's yeah. done some awesome uh, movies, B-movies, yeah. um, zombie movies, and they still he, have... Well, he started the Night Living Dead stuff. Well, yes. And that was... A, he kick-started that sort of stuff, yeah. and other people said, hey... We can do that. Yeah, and yeah. every time I see um, even Night, uh, Night of the Living Dead or the Day of the Dead, I mean, Dawn of the Dead or the um, Day of the Dead or the other ones, I keep thinking how much he's ch- how much it's become more and more different from one another yeah. well, in a good way. Zombies have become a household name because of him. Yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> but you've got to admit it was interesting, especially when we watched the Elvira version of it. Oh, yeah, Elvira talking out. That's really yeah, good. 
Yeah, I can watch Elvira all night, folks. Yeah, I almost wish I could watch the whole <laughs> entire series if I can find it on out yeah, well, there. Well, you can download them, but the problem is the quality of the movies are rubbish hmm. because they 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 didn't have they can't redigitalize them because she's being put over the top. But so she uh, it's going to be hard to digitalize them, and there are a lot of B movies. No one's going to worry about doing it. Yeah, yeah they did so. an, um, a newer version. I, my sister. Never even knew this, but I watched a new version of of Elvira's um, movie Macabre recently, and it looked pretty good, especially um, the intro a little bit. Even though I like the old intro where she's walking down a hallway, which is misty, misty but, and yeah. foggy, and she's walking in a sexy way. And she does. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she done does the opening for, with the candles and her waving at the camera, saying, "Hello, my darlings." She's really cute. Hey, Cassandra. Hey. Yes. Hope you're listening, Cassandra. I think you're tops. Yeah, we all we all love you, um, Cassandra. One day we'll do a review on your movie, um, Mystery Mistress of the Dark. Yeah, you know, later we might on. do that. You've got, you've got two movies. What's the other um, one? There was Haunted one Hills? Haunted Hill, yeah, 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 I think yeah. it was. We might do those just for Cassandra because she is... Because we both love you very much, Catherine. Yeah, no, she's... She's... What's the word? A creature under she's not just she's not copying anybody. She's her own person. She is mm. Cassandra is Elvira. Oh, I mean, did, incidentally, yeah. did we find out that we found out that Vampira she was an earlier an version a hostess yeah. for another movie related show, and she um tried to sue Elvira for her style. And if you look at the old Vampira and Elvira. Apart from having a black dress, there's nothing different. There's yeah. no, they're, they're, they're totally different. Yeah, Elvira is more punk rock style about well, her. Yeah, steampunk or something. Yeah, like. something. Well, there's another point. I just came back to the 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 um, the the, um, the suing and that sort of stuff. I mean, Elvira d- didn't come up. This a TV station came up with it, and they looked for someone to fill the role. Wasn't exactly. It? And the it's same a- as when Vampire did hers. They were looking for somebody and they grabbed her to fill the role. Yeah. She didn't even make the make the persona. The TV station suggests it and they made it and they ramp, ramped it up a little bit and whatever they did, did to it yeah. and they helped her make that personality yeah. and, they'll, and she was just next generation. Yeah, she was pretty... Um, I often love her funny jokes uh, and all that stuff. And she's just so natural. She's and cute. I like it that she's not all the way gothic. She's a nice... She's like um, a nice friendly girl. girl like the girl next door who's a bit strange. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. And really good looking. <laughs> yeah, she's great. I I almost regret that she never made a TV series. Not not movie macabre. I mean, but a TV and series she's about that my age. that <laughs> that means that she can probably um, start talking like a normal human being. Do a few episodes where she's. You see her outside of the movie Macabre just talking like a normal human being. You know, I've seen uh, some, uh, on YouTube uh, Cassandra actually without the Avara costume on and she's being interviewed and she's a very charming, lively, outward-going yeah, does she have lady. A, does she have red or brown hair? I don't oh, know. I can't remember. Um, it's, you can't always go by YouTube colour. It's probably a mid-brown... Uh, yeah, mid, mid brownie, light dark blonde. Yeah. She's mm. a very attractive lady. Um, yeah, but well, she, she doesn't look anything like Elvira. Well, uh, but when I meant earlier yeah, about yeah, um, yeah. her talking, doing a TV show, I meant like like her still doing the Elvira yeah, Ango, and she's sort of having her own new adventures, like Mistress the yeah. Dark stuff, you know, no, running I'm just around. Saying that she, 
when you see her being interviewed and she looks like one, but she's still her her own personality is not Elvira, but she's still a very outgoing lady. Yeah. And she's, I'm she's kind of glad yeah. that she continues to be Elvira in over the years. Yeah. Even so. though I never watched too many of her movement calves because uh, I don't think we get too many in Australia. Well, they were on TV years ago, but the copies you can buy and everything that. They're, they're not very good quality, uh, yeah. which is which is a shame. Which uh, um um which channel was they originally on? And did oh, you know? well, I don't know here in Australia. It would have been Channel Seven or Channel Nine. Mm. Uh, and probably really really late, like nine o'clock. Oh, at night. I don't know. Um, probably I mean, twelve o'clock at night. No, no, it would have been twelve. It would have been after. They would have had a movie on before. Like then eight thirty to ten thirty. That's that's what I normally did back in those days. And at ten thirty, it might have come on or something. Mm. I would have thought it yeah. would have gone really late, like say well, eleven thirty to twelve thirty. You know, mm. yeah, yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Which is two hours. I mean, people have to go to bed occasionally and go to work the next day. You know. I know them. <laughs> and I just figured that because yeah. um, a lot of people, well, the night stuff, that stuff that you don't expect children to see, would most likely yeah. wouldn't see Elvira yeah. sh- showing her. Yeah, you know her talents on the air. See, we actually had a male horror movie host when I was growing up. Hmm. Um, we had Deadly Earnest here in Australia, and uh, in several states had different guys playing the role. But about ten thirty on a, I think it was ten thirty on a Friday or a Saturday night, you'd have a male host go stop like a ghoul, uh, and he would um, put on these horrible B movies, and uh, he'd, <laughs> he'd put his comments in the beginning mm. and, and come in half different parts of the movie, make the odd comment, and then do a, uh, a, a bit of a, a critique or rubbishing mm. it at the end of it, whatever. And it was fun. Um, so, so a male or a female can get away with it. As long as it's fun and it's not nasty, I think it's, it's good fun for everybody. But anyway, irrespective. Irrespective. We've really digressed here from Psycho on to Elvira's and Deadly Earnest and everybody else now. Yeah, well, um, you can't argue the fact <laughs> that Elvira Cassandra is, is an awesome lady to... I'd like to meet her one day. And not necessarily as Elvira, but as Cassandra, I'd like to meet her one day and just mm. tell her. I would like to meet her as both. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. mean, I like Elvira. I mean, I like the fact that she's she shows um, another, a, a nice side to her character. Nice. Oh, well, I like the front side. Mm. Ah, sorry. Uh, 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 can we edit that bit out? No. Shut up, <laughs> you. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, anyway, um, thanks for listening to this podcast, guys. This is Sarah Stevenson and... Mike Stevenson. And we'll see you guys next time for our next film review. Bye. Goodbye, folks. <laughs>